I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no? Did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Hey everybody, welcome back to Oops the Podcast. I am Julio, joined by Francis. Francis, how you doing? Well, I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, and as promised, we have a very special guest today. Welcome, the wonderful Raina Greenberg. Hi guys. How are you? I'm great. I'm so happy to be here with you. It's it's really a full circle moment. Uh, and it's a circle that we've kind of lapped a few times <laughs> because Raina was one of our earliest guests yes she was mm-hmm. and then we had you again at the start of the pandemic on zoom oh yeah i forgot about that and yeah. now we've got you back because you have an amazing life development that we're so curious about the three-peat <laughs> has anybody ever been on the show three times no am no. i the only one you're the only one yeah and then julio i think i met you the day that we recorded for the first i believe time, so uh-huh yeah. well i'm happy to be back guys thanks for having me we're thrilled to have you back we haven't had a guest on the podcast in over a year and a half uh and we just we 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 love you and we also know that you know humbly uh a lot of our listeners have found us from your which we appreciate megalodon of a podcast uh girls gotta eat which may i say this is funny i just had ptsd from when we used to have guests when Francis essentially told me that I gave terrible intros to our guests. Is that right? You didn't actually, but you're like, dude, are you not going to like say anything about them? And I just did that again. No, no, no. I just no, used no. a very were... vague adjective. I said a wonderful guest. I, that's great. That's great. I'm sorry. No, I, 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 I don't. Hmm. Raina's, no, no. You didn't actually scold me on it, but like it was, it was like funny. But Raina's reputation precedes her. Obviously, you guys know about Girls Gotta Eat. Uh, she is a force of the internet and of every medium. and. Watching her live show with Francis was actually, we looked at each other like and had one of the most like humble, humbling moments we've ever had in our lives. Yeah. We're like, someday, buddy. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> this is too much. This is at the Beacon Theater and we had <laughs> VIP seats. So we were seated right in front of, I think, Ashley's family mm-hmm. and oh, very yeah. much the, the inner circle of the two of you when you guys were dominating up there. Uh, and, and we just had a, such a blast. So really fun. very happy to be in your halo. All right. Well, you guys are the inner circle too, and you've both been on the show and we love having you guys. And yeah, that show was really special. We do a special, um, annual holiday show every year where we have dancers and strippers and all kinds of stuff. So and fun. that was wild. It's so fun to have you guys there. Cool. So May I say one thing about that show? Yeah. It's amazing how you sort of mobilize this giant room of women to go like take the reins on their sex life. It's almost as if you like charge them up and then you're like, now go. Because <laughs> yeah. I encountered girls on the street who like didn't know who I was, who were like, hey, who are you? Are you single? Like, like five different people. That's, this is what yes. you're doing to people. We always say, I, I mean, I always say, I want you to leave our show and I want you to fuck. I just want you to be so horny. Also, there's like seven guys at any one of our shows. Mm. And so like the women descend upon them. Like our cameraman in DC, he's a very good looking guy. He is probably like one of five people at that show. Probably like one of or one of five men at that show and one of three single men. And the entire audience started cheering for him. <laughs> he got like 25 phone numbers. Like we, oh there's no men God. there. Yeah, it's very funny. Now, Incredible. Here's, here's a question I have. Do you think that you attract an already quite thirsty audience <laughs> or do you galvanize them to, to that thirst? 
I think that probably any show attracts like-minded people to begin with. But I think that if Ashley and I want to do anything, it's to just empower people to just be exactly what they are. So we want this to be the craziest girls night. We want you to dress up, go out to dinner with your friends, have a party, have charcuterie, have drinks and make a whole night of it. And we want to just give people the reins to just be as crazy and wild as they want to because everybody thinks these things. Everybody like is a crazy sexual being. And we want you to just like feel empowered to lean into whatever the fuck it is that you want to do. So the room always feels like, first of all, it's it's mostly women. It's probably like 90 percent women. Mm -hmm. Since COVID, we've actually had a lot more men come to the shows, which is nice. A lot more people, I think, want to just be with our partners doing stuff so a lot more husbands a lot more boyfriends but it's a room full of women so it just feels very much like anything goes you can be as wild as you want and we we do a lot of audience participation a lot of stuff with the people in the audience so you could come to 50 girls gonna eat shows and all 50 would be different because we mm-hmm. do so much audience participation we have a bunch of different That's stuff to do with everybody mm-hmm. we want to bring people up on stage and it's just a wild ass night mm. yeah fuck yeah wow well as you said <laughs> julia someday Someday, someday we'll someday, have a live wow. show where everyone who was there goes out and just starts <laughs> fucking in the street, grabbing butts without consent, whatever it is. Don't even worry about it. Be yourself. I love it. I love it. Um, well, so Raina, uh, you know, we'll get to the heart of the matter here. Mm-hmm. So you've recently had a major life-changing procedure uh-huh. and I don't want to tell your story I don't want to mansplain what you did to your own <laughs> body <laughs> but we're so curious to hear about it I know you've talked about it as well but I am sure we will find ways in that are our novel so uh, if you would give us an update on uh, on your life yeah can I add something really quick yeah, before please. we start so I have like heard from a distance about this but never anybody close enough to me to where I could get real details I've always been very curious about it I've been curious about a lot of things about it, how a person gets there. Uh-huh. Because, you know, when you're a kid, as a man, when you're like a teenager, you're like, oh, why would you get rid of that? You know what I mean? You don't under <laughs> that. I've heard I had heard that before when I was younger. You know what I mean? So there's obviously a lot yeah, to course. this and I want to know everything. Um, so feel free to start wherever you want. Yeah. Okay. And obviously, like, cut me off, whatever. And um, so I, the, the buildup is a little, I got a breast reduction. Lots of people get breast surgery. Mm-hmm. Um and Francis was like kind of an integral part of it. And we've talked about this on our show. So I'll tell you how Francis was an integral oh, part of it. I don't know it. about this. But um, I, I am in my 30s. I've wanted to do this since I was like 18. Um, I, I have had big boobs my whole life. Like since I was like, uh, like I probably hit puberty at like 11. Okay. And started developing really young. And to the point where I, was, I had like big boobs as like a 12 year old. And it scared me as a kid because I got a lot of attention that I really, really was not ready for. And it like really sexualizes you as a young, very mm. young person before you're a sexual being. Um, you get a lot of attention from guys. You get a lot like of attention weird from adults. Yeah. Like from, Ugh. from adults. Gosh, um, you know, of course all the boys in school want to be your friend. And I remember like girls would like call me slutty and I didn't even know what that meant. I hadn't even like kissed a boy before, but your body looks so developed. Mm. And um, I went to like a private Jewish school there wasn't a lot of like talking about sex and sexuality at like 11 and 12. Um, And then by high school, I had like double D boobs by like the time I was 14. I had huge, huge, huge. I was so much more developed than other girls. And um, again, you're just so much more hypersexualized than your average kid. Um, So you're trying to figure out sex in general, but everybody looks at you as the sexual being on top of it. Everything you wear looks sexy. So you're just not really like ready for that. Mm -hmm. I think I've always been really sexual. That's why I think, you know, the show is so great because I can form open, honest conversations about sex. Um, 
but it took me a long time to get comfortable with it. And I think that growing up, I would slouch, I'd wear baggy clothing. I just, I wanted, I wanted them to go away so badly. I just wanted to look like the other girls. I started taking diet pills when I was like 12. I just mm. thought I could like lose weight until they went away. There's nothing got, nothing rid, of got rid of them. I mean, even at my thinnest, I'm five feet tall, so I'm, I am really short. But um, even at like 100 pounds, I still had double D boobs. I've always, I know wow. some people listening are like, yes. Yeah, so and it probably great. did the opposite thing too, right? <laughs> like by getting skinnier, it just makes your tits. Way <laughs> right, better. yes. Because they don't shrink. Can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. Uh, at what point did your own sexuality catch up to the sexuality that others were foisting upon you? I don't know. It's hard for me to say. I mean, I probably discovered masturbation when I was like 12 also. Like I thought that I had this like crazy trick that only I knew how to do and mm. no one else talked about it probably for like 10 years. So I don't know <laughs> through feeling sexualized. Why are you guys laughing? It's, it's funny. It's that just, I masturbated at 12? No, you're just saying it in such an honest way that it was funny. You're like, yeah, I was just thought I discovered this thing. You know? <laughs> mm. It probably was in tandem, right? Like, I think my body looked more sexual than the average person at that age. And I probably became more sexual just as I grew up. I see. Because because you said uh, you weren't ready for that. And people were assuming that you were very Mm -hmm. sexual. And then you said, I am a very sexual person. Got I was it. sort of wondering when those two forces came in lockstep. I probably was more willing to talk about sex and porn and masturbation and stuff like that in high school than maybe your average girl was. But I wasn't having sex younger than anybody. I think I lost my virginity when I was like 16. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I had a quote unquote pretty normal trajectory in terms of like the first time I like saw a dick, the first time I had sex. I had boyfriends. I wasn't like a promiscuous girl in any kind of way. Not there's anything wrong with that. Do whatever you want. But. Um, I wasn't. So I think I probably discovered sex younger and I was getting attention from older men. But being sexual, just like a pretty average for everyone growing up type of thing. Yeah. Guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now and I said, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell anchor anchor. And then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And you, there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, anchor.fm, download it now. There's an episode. Good questions, by the way, dude. Oh, thank you. It's really impressive. <laughs> There's like fucking Barbara Ellis over here dude, with, the good, with the good questions. What were you going to say? Well, there's an amazing episode of Euphoria. Do you watch Euphoria? No. There's an amazing that. episode that that sort of highlights this for the Cassie character. Where um, she we, goes back and it's not like a this isn't a giveaway or anything. Um, you've seen it all, right? Uh, yeah. But I, I'm just, well, I haven't seen the last two episodes. She goes back and flashes back to her youth when she started to develop. Oh, yeah. yeah. And she says how her dad's friends yes, yes, all yes, of a yes, sudden yes. started hugging her hugging more her and it was really creepy and she it's was like getting all up. this attention from like older men yes and there's this, yeah so i started yeah. working when i was 14 i got a job at a diner i was a waitress i worked all through high school and yes the way that men would look at me the one that they would just stare at my breast i was 14 i was so young and like the way that men would just leer at me or linger a little bit longer or like just you know look at you while you're working that's because i wasn't i was in front of a lot of men it wasn't just like i went from you know home to school home to school Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. so that's when i noticed it the most i think when Mm -hmm. i was young can i ask you a question about that yeah because of that 
Uh-huh. When you saw a man who was like super duper respectful, who did not treat you differently because of your fucking bombs, like <laughs> did you did you find that attractive? Were you like attracted to that guy? It's interesting. No one ever asked me that. No, I think I probably was in my mind just waiting for the other shoe to drop. I think I just felt like, you know, you're you don't feel like this. Mm. I'm probably was oh, just waiting like, for you to act like a creep. Got yeah. it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. When is he going to show his true colors? Yeah. I felt like people's dads were a little weird for me with me. Um, I was babysitting probably at the age of like 12 and 13. I remember this guy drove me home. I was maybe like 13 or 14. The dad drove me home and he was he was just saying some really uncomfortable stuff to me in the car. I didn't feel threatened physically in any way. But <laughs> like I remember telling my mom and my mom was like, you're fucking kidding me. He was like, do you have a boyfriend? Like, what do you guys do together? I, it, it didn't feel like a normal interaction with uh, like, uh, mm. the way that like my dad or my uncle or my grandfather would talk to me. Uh, it felt weird. Dude, I feel Now like, that you're a woman. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like when I'm a dad, if they're, you know, if they're, I'm so aware of, of, of the, I don't know, just how quickly you can ruin your life by asking the wrong questions and being inappropriate uh, you know with a young girl totally that if we were in the car together and i were driving her home from babysitting my kids my questions would be so preposterously safe Mm -hmm. that like it would be uncomfortable you'd have to run the dash cam what's uh what's your favorite color uh So, Raina, that's an interesting name. Where's, you know, is that from? That's what your doorman said to me. Um, do you know what your name means? I was like, oh, is he hitting on me too? Does he know? <laughs> that I had a breast reduction or what my name means? What your name means? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. Like, means, what does Raina mean? Raina Sunshine. People always ask me, do you know what Raina means? And I'm like, yeah, obviously I've like, you know, I've managed to get to this point in my life and learn what my name means. It means queen. It means queen in Spanish. Oh, yes. Um, yes. That's tight. Yes. Uh. Um, you asked me something and I wanted to respond to it. I'm so oh, sorry. I think some things don't, I don't think we realize that certain things don't age well. So like, I don't even know that 15 years ago, somebody would have known that the things they were saying to me were inappropriate. Right. Whereas today it sounds so crazy and we are taught to speak to young women in a certain way. But like, if you, I don't know if you remember this or not, but I was like seventh, eighth grade watching like Britney Spears and Jessica Simpson on national television, be interviewed by men, by Matt Lauer about their virginities. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I don't know that it was like so crazy back then. Um, and I hope that young girls have a different experience today and that people are at least more cautious of the way that their words can affect somebody of that age. But yeah, I don't know. It was sort of weird. Um, when I was super young, I was hyper conscious of my body and not wanting to show it off all the time. But there were parts that I liked too. Listen, I liked that I got attention and I liked that boys liked me when it, when it felt less threatening, like boys my own age. And I liked that I felt sexy and that it could be a part of sex, that you like had this very developed body. Like yeah. I, I liked that growing up too. And you know, at some point you just have to say to yourself, I'm not going to feel insecure about this. I'm going to harness it. I'm going to learn how to deal with it. And I'm going to make it a good thing, which I did. You're going to weaponize it. Against yeah. everyone. Yeah. Yes. Right. I, I, I'm sorry. I like, I just pictured the ways with which you can use them to your advantage, yes. like in a sexual situation. Sure. Mm-hmm. They really are a nice prop. Yeah. You can do a lot of nice things. Sure. Sure. Both you and your partner. And, bedroom, yeah. you know, learning that must have been exciting. I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, Ju- uh, Julio's mind is in the gutter over here. Thinking only about, about the sexual right uses for him. I immediately thought of like a stack of papers on a table. Gust of wind rose in. Oh, thank goodness. Paperweight. 
<laughs> they're not going anywhere. You know what I mean? A lot of Back girls don't usage. have that ability. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, well, like I was a bartender and I would like go to reach like the glasses, the bottles on the second shelf and I, my tits would like wipe out the whole first shelf, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, sure. Sexually, I discovered stuff too, like tit fucking, you know? Yeah, cool. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't even think that. I wasn't even thinking that. I was thinking like simpler things, but like, like yeah, tit fucking. Just like the things, for example, you're on top of somebody and you're having sex and you can do the like single arm holding both while bracing with the left arm on the bed or whichever is your dominant arm. Like that's a power move. To or, hold your breasts up? Yeah, it's sort of like holding them like this. Are people cradling their breasts during sex? Is that a thing? I believe it may be. I don't, maybe not. But the see, see what I mean? There's so many. I don't know. I feel like hey, guys want to hey, see them bounce around. Hey, can you do something around. for me? Yeah, what? Will you hold your breasts <laughs> with one arm? No, I've never seen the cradle with one arm. Will you let them the perch other? upon your forearm like two canaries? <laughs> I'm more of a fan of like the lean forward while I'm on top. Let them hit you in the face. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Yeah. Or the even the lean back brace look to the sky. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Saying, Look at me. Yeah. There's a lot. Like yeah. in every, and yeah, it's just, you know, it's, it's a fun thing, you know? It's just a. <laughs> really good. That's great. That's yeah, good. Nice. There's lots of things to do with the props. Yes. I love it. So you decided after all these years that it was time to take them down a peg. Yeah. I mean, I just, I felt like I was done with the look. I mean, people ask me, was it a physical reason? No, I was never in any pain. I'm like a pretty small person. My breasts didn't like weigh a ton of money and have back pain. Um, I just was sick of it. I was sick of like, you can't like do a lot of exercises like this. You gotta wear two sports bras to run. Everything looks, I mean, I'm five feet tall. I had like E size boobs. It just, I mean, listen, if you like that look, go off. But I was sick of the look. I was done with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought about it for so many years and I had gone to get consultations about breast reductions when I was like, I think 19. And if you don't know about it, I mean, there's a couple different ways to do it, but one of the ways they call it like a lollipop scar, they take your whole nipple off, they slice straight down, or there's an anchor scar. I mean, it's that, but also under your breast. Mm-hmm. So it looks like an anchor, basically. Um, so at that age, I just felt like I wasn't ready. The, the scars scared me. Mm-hmm. And um, you only hear horror stories from people when yes. you start asking about it, obviously, or you look it up. But that was, again, that was so many years ago. And now... What were some of the horror stories? I mean, back then it was just that, you know, the scars never heal or they, they pucker when they heal or that they're red. And I'm happy to talk about all that. That has not been my experience at all. I've had a really positive experience. Um, but I mean, every surgeon's different. I think that like it's important to take your time and do it when you can afford somebody great, when you've researched all the people and you can get references from that person. You can see all kinds of photos of the patients that they have. Uh you never know. You just yeah. never know like mm-hmm. what could happen with surgery. But my experience was super, super positive. And of course, today, there's so much information on the Internet about it that you can research. Is it is it considered elective surgery? Yes. So I, I have never gone down the road of trying to get it paid for by insurance or anything like that. So I don't know the ins and outs of that. I paid out of pocket. Um, I have heard that if you have like tremendous back problems that you can probably get it supplemented by insurance. Uh, I've heard that if you can prove that it is truly an emotional distress to you, like a psychiatrist can sign off on that, that you might be able to get insurance to pay for it. Uh, but I can't speak to it because I never researched that at all. I paid completely out of pocket. So you pay um, the surgeon, you pay for the anesthesia, you pay for the hospital visit. So um, all in, it cost me, I, this is a New York City surgeon and this is a very expensive surgeon. So probably like the top, most, I just paid $23,000 for it. Okay. Wow. I was uh, expecting yeah. a higher number. Oh, you were? I, I have no context. So like, okay. I thought Got you it. were going to say 100000 I've heard everything no from idea. sixteen to like 22000 And I'm know. talking 23000 all in like with 
um, the scar treatment, with the anesthesia, with the hospital stay, all of that. Okay. That's like, yeah. I mean, so like Francis and I said, we're about to really turn it up. It's about to become a big week for us. We're yep. going to have a good time. We're going to sip a bit. And no better to start that initiative than drink in one of Francis's signature espresso martinis. Ooh, I might have a few of those up my sleeve. You got to love an espresso martini, and there's no better way to make it than when coffee from Brooklyn Roasting You're Company. goddamn right, Julio. <laughs> and with our patented, I don't know if it's patented, signature blend, the Oops <laughs> Blend, we have our own coffee with one of the most prestigious, renowned, acclaimed coffee roasters in the entire country. They're always written up in the top roasters in all these cool magazines about coffee. Inventing Anna. Yeah, in the show inventing. They are everywhere. They are the best. And we have our own coffee and every day. It makes me feel proud. I'm very proud. I am cooler. And I am proud to know that our our (laughs) listeners actually buy the coffee as well, which we hope that you'll continue to do so that they'll continue to let us have our signature blend. It's the Oops Beans at Brooklyn Roasting. Get yourself some of that. Also try some of their other blends. The Mocha Java is a personal favorite. The Hui Hui Tananga. Never know if I'm saying that correctly, but some of their all their coffees are incredible. They are top of the line. Go to brooklynroasting.com. Use promo code OOPSBEANS, and you're going to get a discount. That is 5% off your first order. Ladies and gentlemen, do not delay. It's the best coffee in America. We love it. Get some today. Okay, so you decided to... I don't mean to get into the specifics. We can get into as many specifics as you want. I don't what, care. What, what, did you, what, what size did you want them to go to? So I... What was your goal? I wanted a small C. Um, the whole surgery experience, deciding to get it, going through the surgery, that was all super positive, and I'll talk all about that. I'm not super happy with the size, and I would probably get it done again. So but is I, it too big or too small? They are way too big. I don't really know what happened here. I feel like pretty angry about it. Oh, wow. Um. The doctor, I mean, I essentially, he said, you know, they're swollen, they'll go down. Like everybody's body changes a lot as you, it, it takes up to six months for like the, the tremendous amount of like swelling, scar tissue and stuff to like, calm down. Mm-hmm. Um, But they're still like so big. I don't really understand what happened here. I feel like really angry about it, but I, I don't know. I mean, the advice I would give is don't let a doctor bully you and don't let somebody tell you that you're wrong if you know 100% that you're right. And if mm-hmm. you know that you asked for something and you put it in writing mm. and you showed somebody photos of what you look like, hopefully, um, if you they still didn't do that, then they can either give you the money back or they can redo it. And I'm happy to go down that road because ultimately the surgery was a really positive experience. The swelling has been not bad. The scarring has been not bad. Like the healing has been good. Physically, it was not that painful for me. So I would do it again. I think that if you like get a surgery, you go through all that, you don't have what you want, you get it again. Mm-hmm. Would you have the same doctor fix it? I don't know. I kind of go back and forth about it. I don't I don't love his like bedside manner. I think he's kind of arrogant. I think that he sort of tried to make me feel like I was an idiot when I mm-hmm. said like this is not what I asked for. But I think he did a great job also. Right. That's so- a, it's a very tough pros and cons mm-hmm. situation because like you said, like you're having an amazing healing process, mm-hmm. which apparently is not something to be taken for granted. Um, so like, that's all great. But at the same token, like you said, you're like, my tits are huge. And he's like, no, they're not. And you're like, are you serious? Like, Why are you <laughs> gaslighting me about my tits? I, well, he, the nurse asked me if I had implants. I was like, the nurse at your office asked me if I had elected to get bigger breasts. That should just be a tip off to you. Mm-hmm. But anyways, deciding to get it was a hard decision. A lot of like soul searching. It took me a long, long, long time. I mean, again, from like 19 until now, I thought about it. I just felt like, do I want these scars? I couldn't get the scars out of my head. I was just like, mm-hmm. I don't want the scars. I don't want the scars. Um, But the more I talked about it on the podcast, 
now I feel like every single response has been so positive. Every woman that messaged me, and I got hundreds of messages, they all said, best decision in my life, wish mm-hmm. I would have done it sooner. I never got one piece of feedback from a person that messaged us that said that I regret it, that this was a bad experience. And I still kind of struggled with it. Like, do I really need to like rip my body open right now? Um, and I had a really great conversation with Francis. And you know, you never expect like a so what do your, you say? Yeah. your heterosexual male friend mm-hmm. <laughs> um, who's engaged to a friend of yours to have like a very serious like sit down conversation with you about it. But you and I were talking about it, and I just felt like, am I ready? And that was what I was really struggling with. And, and this was on almost on the eve of the procedure. It was, like a week it was very away. close. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, everything is hypothetical until you're on the cusp of doing it. So like even though I'd like put the down payment down and I had like done the COVID test and booked the hotel or the hotel, the hospital, um, I, I mean, you can pull out of anything. If you're walking to the hospital and you feel like I fucked up, don't go into the hospital. Just, you know, just leave. Mm-hmm. So um, you just said like, I, I, I think I was struggling with like, am I ready? And you were like, how long have you wanted this for? And I told you and you were like, you're ready. You've done the research. You picked a good doctor. You've thought about this. You've like journaled about it, cried about it. Like you're ready for this. And I don't know. It was like a nice gut check. Nobody framed it for me that way. Like you wanted this for your whole life. Like you're ready to do this. Mm. And I felt a lot more at ease, I think, after that. So I thank you for that because it really calmed me down. My pleasure. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I was so, you know, I'm, I'm honored that you would say that. I was also at the time very kind of put off by the fact that people were making you doubt your decision. What would make you have doubted it besides the scar thing from before? Like who who would have been making you doubt it? Uh, the only people actually that made me like doubt it were people from an older generation who I think maybe have heard horror stories Women, about. Yeah, yeah, but like have heard horror stories about people having bad experiences with the scarring, with the swelling, with the pain. But again, I mean, medicine evolves as we yeah. as we move through society. So. Nobody my age or a little bit older, certainly not younger, ever had any negative feedback. It mm-hmm. was people like my, not my mom specifically, but people like my my parents' age yes. that were like, well, you never know. And yeah. this is a big decision. I don't know. It just didn't feel like, it just didn't feel like that. Like the surgery was like super easy. Everybody at Mount Sinai Hospital was like so wonderful. I felt really good and positive. I had friends around the clock there to like pick me up, bring me food if I needed anything. It wasn't super painful. It was quick. I was in and out in four hours. So it like wasn't that big of a deal. Hmm. Um, I went into surgery. I think we started at eight and I was awake by noon. Easy. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's super easy. Um, I had a friend pick me up. Breast reductions are a little less intense than breast implants in terms of the pain. I mean, everybody's body's different, but implants, they separate your muscle from your bone and they slip an implant in. Reduction, they just take out breast tissue. They sort of lift your, bro- your boobs up, sort of like squeeze them upwards and just sew you back up. Nice. Oh, yeah. Solid. Interesting. What do they do with all that tissue? You know what's so crazy is that it never occurred to me for one second, and so many people asked. Well, you hear all these stories this about how people garbage. take tissue from their butt uh-huh. and use it to fix burn victims, uh-huh. or they, you know, all kinds of different places that you can reuse cartilage or whatever from your body. Mm-hmm. I would think that the the tissue of a breast might might go very well as a, a cheek filler or. <sighs> Some sort of, I don't know. Yeah. Or they just reuse You could put it, it in your butt. I, I, there's so many different, I, I, I wonder. I mean. No, a lot of people asked. It was the most shocking thing because so many people were like, what do they do with all the breast tissue? Yeah. I have no idea. I mean, I just assumed it was like medical waste and they put it with all the other medical waste that come. Like, there's like special trash cans at hospitals mm-hmm. that yeah. like dispose of all that shit. Um, so I never looked at it. Body stuff really grosses me out. Yeah. Like, Could you yeah. have asked to see it? 
I guess. Probably some people unusual. love that shit. I don't like you know people like love watching pimples get popped yeah. and I, I, I do, but I still don't want to see boob. I don't want to see all those like shows that. like surgeries you see on television. I would rather die yeah, than yeah, watch same. it. It's disgusting. Like it makes those. my stomach like launch into my throat. I don't like yeah. those at all. No. So, so knowing that about you then, did the idea, like, have you had surgery before? It's my first surgery. I so had no experience. Um, I just was a little nervous, but again, like I did my research. I researched doctors. I had, I'm, I'm lucky that we have a podcast that's so female, mm. um, female driven. Cause so many women messaged me and literally a hundred percent of them said, this is the best decision I ever made. Mm. Tons of women that had, had babies that got their breasts augmented after that. Uh, everybody had really positive feedback and I just, I felt like very Zen when I walked into the door. I mean, I cried a lot ahead of time. I like journaled about it. talked to my family about it. talked to Francis. <laughs> nice. Um, but I felt really like happy when I walked into the hospital and I was ready to go and I had people available to take care of me around the clock after that, if I needed it. Um, but when I woke up, I was able to sit up, like you can wipe yourself right away. Like you, you've use of your arms and you don't when you have implants, mm. um, because oh, your, so, your muscles are so strained. Crazy. Um, but oh. the doctor told me that I'd be like perfectly fine. Like as soon as I opened up my eyes, I was like, I have to pee. Can you take me there? The nurse was like, nope, you can walk yourself. Mm. Oh uh, my God. So you can sit up right away. You can wipe yourself. I mean, for about two weeks, I wouldn't have like exercised. I wouldn't have slept on my stomach. I probably wouldn't have had like a ton of sex. I didn't have any sex during that time, but um, I probably wouldn't have wanted to be on top for sex. Mm -hmm. But you wear like a bandage. You wear like a, a bra that kind of like binds you together. Um, like what Mulan wore. <laughs> what is that? Be a man. Mulan wore a, the, uh, a bandage around her breast to conceal that she was a woman fighting oh, got it. Okay, in her like, father's stead. Okay, like Christina Ricci and now and then. She used to tape her boobs down. Is that right? Yeah. You guys probably didn't see that movie. It was like a coming of age girls movie. But I remember Christina Ricci got boobs and she would tape them down with like duct tape. And I was around the same age. So I started doing that too. I think I was in like seventh grade. I would tape my boobs down. Wow. wow. <laughs> so Francis and I touched base this morning and we actually came to an agreement that we're in the mood to do some sipping. We're ready to throw them back. We're ready. It's nice out and we're just feeling good. And it's time. It, we've earned it, you know? The there's there's time. something about putting in a long week of hard work that makes you think, boy, I really need to uh, pollute my body. <laughs> I've earned this. Yeah. And it's just completely fortuitous timing that we happen to partner with a new beverage company called Hangobi. That's right. Which, among other things, very much aids the hangover. That's exactly right. And and I have noticed a difference, to be honest with you. They have their wake formula uh it's their wake flavor it's lemon cayenne and blood orange that cayenne it gives you that recovery blend which provides an energizing dose of l-thionine to snap your mind body and spirit back into shape it really gets <laughs> you going uh very very uh delicious tasting they also have two other flavors essential and calm um and they have sort of different you can check out the whole formulas on hangobi.com h a n g o b i dot com. Yeah, so their deal is essentially like this is just a thing that will kind of promote wellness in your life in general, whether it be you know through through a variety of different things. For for me, the thing that stands out the most is of course <laughs> the hangover yeah. benefits because that's something I've been trying to solve for my entire life. And there's been so many nights where somebody be like, "Dude, the trick is," and then they'll pull like a pre workout packet out of their bag. They'll be like, "Take one of these before you start drinking." You won't even feel it tomorrow. And then I proceed to be the most hungover I've ever been in my life. Exactly. You know, I mean, the amount of lime shard tequilas that Julio throws back aren't going to stand up to some packet of nonsense. But fortunately, we finally found the way in, and that's through Hangobi. 
Uh, they've also got an essential flavor, which has ashwagandha, which I've been taking as a supplement. It's very good for mind clarity yes. uh, and is, is becoming really popular. But the point is that all these drinks, there's nothing in them that's like you don't understand. It's very basic ingredients. Uh, everything is healthy. There's nothing that you don't you, you don't know what's going on there. So uh, we're big fans of the Hangobi. And it tastes good. Yeah. And right now you can go to hangobi.com, H-A-N-G-O-B-I.com. And if you use promo code, oops, I'm hung. Yeah, that's O O P S I M H U N G. No apostrophe in the I'm. <laughs> yeah, oops, I'm hung. Oops, I'm hung. You will get ten percent <laughs> off on your first order. Trust us, it's worth it. This stuff is delicious and makes you feel good. Get your first case today. Can you explain to me the? You said people who had had children who then wanted to like why is are those breastfeeding fucks your boobs up? Oh, Can really? everybody's body's different again? But um, yeah, it um. I mean, I don't have any kids, but people say it makes your breasts deflate. It Got makes it. like breast tissue kind of deflate a little bit. From um, the breastfeeding process? Mm-hmm. It, make, it changes your nipples because, I mean, somebody's sucking on them all day, every day. Mm. Um, like a chew toy? Yeah. They get bigger? Yeah. Uh, well, your breasts fill up with milk when you're breastfeeding, but then it deflates because you're 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 no longer feeding yeah, someone has something. drank the milk yes so um your breasts deflate so a lot of women get um an augmentation which just means like a lift okay. um after they have their babies mm-hmm. um with your nipples everybody has a different experience but um you can lose i think some people like lose sensation i didn't mm-hmm. my nipples were hard day one ready to go they don't <laughs> I, I don't know what they do with your nipples either like i thought that they like take them off and like put them on the table next to you or something i thought that too i don't think that that's the case mm-hmm. um because mine were like fully able to get hard like day one so that was fine nice. did uh, you test it so i was really you, like, afraid no i was really afraid to masturbate after surgery for like two standing weeks. in the fridge <laughs> I was afraid to masturbate because I didn't want my nipples to get hard. So I like to masturbate for like 10 days because um, I was afraid that they would get like too hard. Um, yeah, it hurt a little bit when they got hard. But if you don't masturbate for 10 days and then you masturbate, that is the greatest orgasm like you will ever have in your life. That is, it was crazy. I was unaware that it worked that way for women too. Wild. I don't, yeah. Oh, I thought you said why. And I was no. like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I, can I have, can I like ask a a background question again. Yeah, nothing you ask me is going to cross the line ever. Okay, good, good to know. But this isn't that crazy of a question. Okay. But the hunching thing's interesting because mm-hmm. I always thought, because I've known people who've had the procedure um, and not well enough to necessarily ask them about it or I'm like not comfortable asking them. But like I've noticed that a lot of that people with like a smaller frame who have these giant boobs, like they'll have the hunch. I had always thought that it was like a physicality thing because the boobs are so like massive and they weigh so much mm-hmm. that you're physically being pulled down. But you're, the way you're describing it is like you were self-conscious and you didn't want people to see the boobs. Therefore, you were purposely sort of doing the concave kind of situation yeah. to hide them. Is there both things going on or with you was it one way and with other people it's another? Can you speak on that? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's different for everybody. I've never had a single back pain, nerve issue. Every time I've ever gotten a massage, every time somebody's always like, wow, you have no tension in your back. I'm like, I know, great. Uh, so it wasn't a physical thing whatsoever. The breast reduction was just emotional. I just felt like I'm done with this. I'm done with being like looked at like this. Um, I just wanted much smaller breasts. I did not get smaller breasts by that much. Um, and so I will probably do it again crazy yeah wow that is wild i'm I'm impressed with your sort of level-headedness about that because i don't know i i've i've had a lot of surgeries in my life and they are never pleasant there's never it's just always shades of horror for yeah me. and 
the idea that you had built up so much will to have this done and gone back and forth and sort of battled with the decision and had it be like this roller coaster of emotion for you only to finally have it done with the most expensive doctor mm-hmm. and to come out and and to feel like you have to do it again i mean mm-hmm. it sort of begs the question like are you going to pursue this guy you know and maybe you can't say that here but so I don't feel level-headed about it. I think I sound level-headed. I feel incredibly angry. I feel like really, really fucking mad. Um, you're not upsetting me, by the way. I feel really upset about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I will like I like look at myself naked in the mirror and I cry. I just like I can't believe this. Like I can't believe I went through this and I look exactly the same. Really? Yes. Maybe like slightly smaller, but like. So the scars are not that big of a deal to me. Again, some people's can like pucker and they're red, but for me, they're really, they're pretty thin. They're small. Um, the pain wasn't so bad. So the recovery has not been that bad. Yes, of course, I'll have a scar on my breast, but like other than that, it's not that big of a deal. It just feels like, yeah, I went through all this. I, you have to get a mammogram to get this done. You have to get multiple COVID tests. You have to take a week off of work. You can't exercise or have sex. You have to really plan like weeks and weeks ahead, especially for people like us who travel for work a lot and do comedy. You can't I, travel? I wouldn't have probably gone to a busy a busy bar and certainly not an airport for but like flying maybe like a month. doesn't affect it? No, you could fly. It's just I didn't like I, I skipped Stay Humble probably like three or four weeks after I'd gone at Dunks. I wasn't ready to like be in public and mm-hmm. some everybody has a different comfort level. Um, I just felt like I didn't want somebody to like accidentally like elbow me in the tit. But yeah, I feel like really fucking angry. Mm-hmm. I feel really mad and I don't feel like this doctor is being like nice about it. I don't feel like he was like, I don't know what happened. He he told me to buy bras that fit. And I wanted to like I the rage I feel in my body when I think about this. It's so intense <laughs> and I don't want to deter people from getting it because I feel like I'm glad that I did it and I would do it again because the recovery and the surgery and all that just hasn't been that bad. But yeah, it's a lot of money and it's a lot of stress to not feel like you got exactly what you wanted. So yeah, I look at myself in like naked in the mirror and like I will like burst into tears. Oh I like, cannot believe this. I'm sorry. That's crazy. Thanks. Is, yeah. Would you rather that he had taken too much? Or too little. I'd rather for twenty three thousand dollars him do exactly what I fucking told him to do. Mm-hmm. Good answer. Um, I I guess if I had to pick, yeah, a little less because I just I've had such huge boobs my whole life. I just I didn't want them to be big at all anymore. Yeah. I don't want them to be a focal point. My whole life I've been like that girl with the huge tits. I don't want to be described as that. I'm all set on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's let's say that he had made the sort of equal mistake on the opposite side, which is to have rendered you. An mm-hmm. A cup or something, very, 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 almost non-noticeable boobs. Uh-huh. Then you would have had to get implants right. to overcorrect, right? And you wouldn't have wanted that. No, and I mean, necessarily, I don't. I've had big boobs my whole life, so I definitely do not want to get an implant. I wish he would have done exactly what I told him to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did sort of struggle in my mind, thinking like, what does sex look like when I have smaller breasts? What does my sexuality look like with smaller breasts? I mean. It's just been such a big part of my sex life. My mm. whole life is just having these like huge tits. Everything I do is sexy. You have giant boobs. You wear a burlap sack. It's sexy. So mm. I was just like, what am I in the sexual realm without these giant tits? Mm. So yeah, I guess to wake up with an A cup would have been like a huge difference in my life. But I woke up with like pretty slightly smaller breasts mm. and I still have 
huge boobs. Like nobody looks at me and thinks I had a reduction. Interesting. Yeah. And do, do you think that any of that pertains to the fact that now they are like perkier because that's like comes with the procedure? Like, is that is that part of it, too? Like, you know, what I mean, I, and again, I have no idea. I'm not mm-hmm. suggesting that's the case. Don't like I'm not like gaslighting you. I don't feel like you're gaslighting like, me at your all. Your boobs are much smaller. No, um, like to, to what degree does that impact it? Um, and like when you look at them in the mirror, do you notice like a difference in the boob, even though the boob is not as small as small as you would have liked? When I first the first like month, I actually was like not that unhappy because they were so swollen that they were like sitting up so high. It was yeah. wild. Um, that swelling has gone down. And so now they don't look any different than they ever did, except Crazy. I have these scars on my breast. So they don't look that different to me. Mm. Um, and again, like if anybody is ever told by like a doctor that like, you're crazy. I just, I implore you to tell the person to like level with you. Cause just cause a person has a medical degree doesn't mean that you're, you're a complete idiot. Yeah. Right. You know, God, you know doctors all have these God complexes They're annoying, and they, they just think that they're better than everyone. And I wonder if we would not be better off without them. Ever. <laughs> I don't okay. know about that. Who would be the doctors of society? We would rub ointment. Chris. On, on ourselves. <laughs> Dr. Chris. Dude. Somebody would figure it out, you know, Pol- poultices. <laughs> poultices, ask you a question? whatever yeah. it is. Did you weigh yourself? after the surgery to see if you literally weigh less from less boob being no, inside of you. and I, I don't have a scale at home because I have like s- struggled with disordered eating my whole life and I probably like from the again because I developed so young I have probably like weighed myself in the morning every single day since I was like 11 and I remember like in my 20s how that would like send me into like a spiral that was so bad if I had like gained like two or three pounds and so not having a scale at home has completely like corrected that issue for me. It's just, it's oh. not how I start my morning anymore. Mm. And so I just don't think about it. Like mm. I work out, I feel like my body looks how it's supposed to look. I eat pretty much whatever I want and I feel good about myself and I don't have to like, it's not this thing in my bathroom I have to look at every morning. Like, gosh, I stand on it. Right. So I just don't have it. And I don't good, know nice. if I lost any weight because of it. So yeah, I've been thinking a lot about aging, the aging process. Like I don't want it to happen essentially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, obviously I'm fine with it, whatever. But at the end of the day, I would like to remain as young and healthy as possible. I've been reading a lot and learning about this thing called NAD, which is just an essential molecule that's found in all living cells. Mm -hmm. And I've learned that NAD can decline a lot by as much as 50% due to like several different things, not sleeping, sun, smoking, anything bad that you're doing to your body. And that's why uh, True Niagen is such an interesting product. Absolutely. Since taking True Niagen... My mind is at peace knowing that my cells are being taken care of by a brand that is backed by science. Right now, new customers can save 20% on their first purchase by going to trueniagen.com slash oops and use code oops. That's T-R-U-N-I-A-G-E-N.com slash oops, code oops. Save 20% on your first purchase. Trueniagen.com slash oops, code oops. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You know, all all of this really reminds me. My dad, you know, we grew up in Maine, and in our town of Freeport, there was a, a ski store, Arlberg Ski and Sport. And uh, we would get our ski gear there. And one time, my dad went in. They had a, uh, a a salesman, the guy who ran the place. His name was Jim. And he thought that he was like the ski whisperer. 
you know, that he could fit boots for Bodie Miller or Peekaboo Street, you know, that he was some kind of shaman of, of making sure that you had the right fit. Now, when you're putting ski boots on somebody in a store, you know, the, the only way to know ski boots really fit is to actually take some runs on them. Mm-hmm. But you can't do that unless you like buy the, the boot or whatever or rent it, I guess. But, you know, buying them in, in, in the middle of a town that's nowhere near a ski mountain is, is, a, is a risky thing. And my dad knew when he tried these boots on that they were too small. But Jim said, and I quote, I cannot sell you those boots in good faith. He said, you won't be able to maneuver. You won't have control. You, you want them to be really snug. My dad let him talk him into it. He skied on the boots twice, and they were so painful that he never skied in them again. And he, I remember, my dad would say, that it made him so mad that when we would drive by the Arlberg, I could see him gripping the steering wheel <laughs> more tightly. And it, it really reminds me of, of your story. Uh-huh. Every yeah. time somebody brings up my boobs, I like feel it bubbling up. I'm like so angry. And I'm like, bring it down, bring it down. So yes, you say I seem rational. I'm not. Um, I've just practiced feeling rational because people want to talk to me about it all the time now. I'm like, don't bring it up, don't bring it up, don't bring it up. Mm. Um. I also just, I, in general, like to be a solution-oriented person. So I just like to say, like, I've never been the kind of person that, like, lets something sit on the brain for long periods of time, and I panic, and I worry about it. I, like, I identify a problem, and I'm like, here's the solution. Here's how we're going to go solve it. So I can't do anything for the next, like, four months. There's nothing you can do about it. You have to mm-hmm. wait, like, six months to mm-hmm. get another surgery. So there's just, I don't know. I could, like, be really angry about it and upset, but, like, there's just nothing I can do. Yeah, right. So I'm just like dealing with it for the time being. Right. Just mm-hmm. hope that somehow things change. Yeah, I hope that they get smaller. Um, but for now, I have pretty much the same size boobs uh, for the next four months until I can fix it. Mm. Yeah. But I would do it again, and I will do it again. Wow. Because the process it- itself, I don't feel ups- upset about. Mm-hmm. I like the shape. Um, I like the idea that they'll get smaller. And you can go in through the same scars, I would assume. I guess. And not create new tracks. Maybe though you just you just open the scars up again. That's what I'm that's what, yeah, right? Oh, so so there's not going to be a, a new line if you were to do it again. I fucking hope not. Yeah. Well, um, you don't want them looking like uh Kevin Spacey's face and pay it forward. <laughs> <laughs> no, hopefully they can just go in there. Also like essentially think about like when you make a ball like a like a bean bag smaller and you just you kind of like pinch it. So I'm assuming they'll open right. up the scar, pinch the skin together, and then there'll be a whole new fresh scar. Oh. Not where the original scar was, though? I think they'll maybe would open up the scar, but like I'm okay. saying they're going to oh, pinch okay. the skin together even more. So like that mm. part of the scar uh, right, will right. go away. Oh, Raina, and, oh. You're going to want us nice. to go in through the original scar. I, I, I don't think... <laughs> no, but she's saying that you still go in through the original scar, but now since there's extra skin, you will then put Create it together and there will be a new littler scar. Julia, yes. scar. I don't yes. think she knows what she's saying. That's well, what she's we're saying, We're the doctors dude. now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Dr. Francis, don't tell me what I'm saying, dude. That's funny. You bring up an interesting point with that, which is like, and Hillary talks about this, and I've always found this to be interesting. She's like, when a woman stands up for herself, like to a man who's mansplaining to her or like gaslighting her, all of a sudden she's like a real whippersnapper. You know what I mean? Oh, she's a real fireball. Uh-huh. That you know, that's like so annoying and unfair. Yeah, the way the guy clapped back at me was so crazy, to be honest. And I'm, 
I probably hover somewhere in between like I don't like confrontation and I'm so good at confrontation. I'm neither of those things. You know, like I look at Ashley, who I co-host my show at, and she's so good at standing up for herself and I admire it. And she will jump to she just jumps into it. You know, like it takes me a minute. And I am not I'm not one of the people that are afraid of confrontation because every time in my life I've had confrontation with somebody, I'm probably better at the other end of it. And I feel like it makes your relationships better if you just have the argument, so true. Have the fight, whatever. And I've gotten better at that as I've gotten older. But um, this guy is a doctor. So sometimes they do just make you feel stupid because they know and you don't know. But um, right. this guy, I said to him, like, I, I have huge boobs still. I don't really understand what happened here. And he was like, they're going to get smaller. Just relax. And I was like, Okay, but they don't look like they're going to get a lot smaller. And he was like, it'll go down like 20%. He just kept like brushing me off and being like, I'm trying to get out of this room. And I was like, okay, well, I asked you for a small C and you said I was going to wake up with a big C and that they would be swollen, but I would get smaller breasts. At the end of that, I'm spilling out of a D cup. I still fit into a double D bra. And he said, well, then why don't you buy bras to fit? And the rage in my body, I, I thought I was going to kill him. And I just said I bought a, a breast. I bought a breast reduction that I thought would fit the size that I asked for. So wow. that's what I would like. Good. Good. Um, and Good. he kind of like brushed me off, and I ended up leaving the office. And he um came outside after me, like I left the office. Like he was like, you know, we'll check back in in a few months. And he was like, wait, 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 let's try one more thing. Um, because I think that even he was like, okay, I might have taken it too far. So um, some people have these like drains in their breasts when they get a breast reduction. It's like a tube and they have to like empty it out. Hmm. Um, And how do you even execute that? I don't know because I didn't have to have them. I think that it's just like a tube in your breast and it's like just excess fluid or something. I I didn't have to have it. But um, he was like, let's uh, try that. Similar to milking. Yes. You milk yourself. (laughs) I don't know if that's true. (laughs) I I just wanted to. I wanted that to happen. I wanted to invoke livestock for my own personal amusement, and I don't know if I should have. So they can do that to you. They can kind of milk you. Um, they will. <laughs> oh my god! We're back with guests. This is what I do. I pick my spots. <laughs> they're not all winners you no, know? It's, you're not entirely wrong to be honest so yeah. they if your That's breasts great, are really great. swollen with a lot of fluid <laughs> what they will do is that they will um numb your breasts they will make sort of like a very small incision with a thicker needle and they will squeeze your breasts really hard to try mm. to squeeze out any additional fluid into like a bag that mm. i would love to watch to yeah honest. i like extraction i don't like operations like what? like I love like what kind of extraction? You no, know, like pimples, blackheads. I love it. Wow. But once they have to like operate, you lose me. But Oof. like squeezing liquid out of anything that's swollen, I'm always extremely interested in watching. Oh. Um, and if you ever need like a companion to hold your hand, but also watch the tit you liquid extraction, yeah. I'd be happy, happy to join. It's like tapping a maple tree. <laughs> exactly. It's <laughs> another one. Yes, it is like tapping a maple tree. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. It, yeah. Oh, it's disgusting. Yeah. So we did that. <laughs> that didn't help. So it's funny, like a dear uncle of mine actually passed away um, at the end of last year. Well, that doesn't sound that funny. No, nah, I know, I know. But like, I remember about him, he, something that was always interesting about him is if you were sitting down and you were talking to him, you know, I've known this guy my entire life and you'd learn something about him that you didn't know, which was always hilarious. He'd be like, oh yeah, like that time where I lived in Vietnam. You're like, what? <laughs> you didn't find the Vietnam War? He's like, yeah, I know. I worked for a bank and I was, I was like, what? Like I learned this, like 
after having known the guy my entire life, I mm. learned that like 30 years into knowing him. I'm like, how? So I always think that's funny. And sometimes like, you know, the people in your life, there's things to be learned from them. And I find that to be interesting. And that's why StoryWorth, uh, which is, we've worked with them before and we promoted the, some of their stuff before. They offer a really cool service where you can kind of give the gift of StoryWorth. And what it is essentially is you'll be asked a series of questions over a period of time. And by answering them, uh, you can like give it to your mom, for example. And over, you know, X, Y, Z amount of time, she answers these questions and they put together a story of her life. Mm. And then you can have a story of the life of a loved one. And it's a really cool, interesting product. It's it's pretty cool. After a year, uh, StoryWorth compiles all these questions and stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book that the whole family can share for generations. And these are the types of collections of memories that you actually do break out at you know Thanksgiving or Christmas or whenever it is that you get together with your family. And it's, it's really nice to sort of have yeah, that compilation there right for you. And uh, right now, you can get to know your loved ones better and preserve those special moments forever with StoryWorth. Uh, for a limited time, you can save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash oops. That's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash oops. Save $10 on your first purchase. Storyworth.com slash oops. Well, okay. So the journey is not completed. No. Um, but there's a lot that you've learned. And I, I mean, I think, uh, of course, you're closer yeah. You are closer. You yeah. understand the procedure. You are no longer fearful of the procedure, which is a huge victory. Yeah, I think that uh, mm. it was really scary because I never had surgery. And now I think I'd walk in there like, yeah, I do this all the time. You know, I know I'm mm. not going to wake up all fucked up. The pain, actually, the pain, we didn't talk about the pain. Pain was not that bad for me. Um, I never took a painkiller. I took Tylenol for like three days. Did they give you painkillers? I think you wake up on painkillers. So I was like crazy constipated for like five days. That, I, like, that happens? Yeah, it was, well, uh, everybody's, um, tolerance to opioids is different, but how many times am I going to say everybody's different on this um, episode? But whatever, bodies it, are fucking right. different. Um, yeah, uh, I think that that stuff makes a lot of people constipated. It made me super constipated. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I didn't really want to take it. Also, stuff like Vicodin makes me really itchy. That's what they sure. gave you, Vicodin. Yeah, so yeah. I'm always so curious these days what sort of opiates people are prescribing because now that the you know right, secret, the, the evil secret is out. I feel like you hardly ever see Oxycontin being prescribed anymore at all. Well, I think that the farce with Oxycontin is that they were telling everybody it's not addictive. Right. So at least with Vicodin, Percocet, Demerol, Darvocet, all the fun things I used to take in high school, um, at least Oxy was prescribed and they would say it's not addictive and you can keep upping the dose mm -hmm. and everybody's different. And you'd have people on like 100 milligrams of Oxys in right. a day and you know it fucked their whole life up. So... Um, yeah, I took, uh, I took Vicodin, I guess, during the surgery, but, um, never again after I took a couple of Tylenol after. Mm. And other than that, I just couldn't sleep on my stomach or work out for a little bit. And do you typically sleep on your stomach? Yeah, I'm a stomach sleeper. I'm a stomach sleeper too. Was that difficult? It's nice. Yeah, I envision doing that, that, like training, because I'd like to train to be able to sleep in coach on long international flights <laughs> where I sleep upright on my couch and I cannot why don't you just do it with your dining room chairs? You can just because go to sleep there too, tonight. It just sucks too much. Like it's too easy to give up. But if I had a breast reduction, then maybe, which I can't, I couldn't possibly. I, I made a conscious choice to go from sleeping on my stomach to sleeping on my back. What? Why? But I was probably 
14, 13 when I did it. You just, you go to sleep what? on your back. You wake up on your back. 100%. How do wow. people do this? It's supposed to be good for your skin. It is. I think it's much skin. better for your spine. Interesting. I was told that it's better for your neck, for your spine. Uh-huh. And when I heard that, I said, okay. And, you know, maybe the first night you don't sleep so well, but then Uh the next night you're tired from the first night, and then you sleep. (laughs) And then you're good. That doesn't work for me. It's that easy. That just doesn't work for me. Do you sleep on your stomach so your neck is turned at a right angle? I'm a really high-maintenance sleeper. I need two pillows under my head, and sometimes I'll take the top one off. The top one has to be really thin. The bottom one has to be thick. And then I sleep with one, but I don't even necessarily use it that much. And it'll either be underneath my, like, thigh or underneath my torso. And I sleep with this little teddy bear. He's oh, you bed. are high maintenance. What does Hillary do? Wow. Is she, she allowed to be there? <laughs> <laughs> we share the bear, depending on who is you more. Sh- it's a shared toy. Yeah. It's a share bear. He's a little bear. I got him for her as a Valentine's Day gift once, and he's become our son, and we share him. And then sometimes I'll take him, and she goes, why are you taking him? I'm like, okay, fine. You can. Why are you taking the we bear? Fire, yeah. Do you guys um, sleep cuddled up? <laughs> Not really. Francis, do you, you don't cuddle. We, 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 would, we wouldn't sleep cuddled. We would we would start, you like know, a normal person, and then and then say, "All right, good night," and then turn our separate ways. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, we'll maybe start a little bit, and then I turn over and I say, "I'll be right back," and I don't come back. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the morning, we'll have a fraternizing moment again, where we let's fraternize, where we dap and we <laughs> no, we like you hug like and we'll. We'll have a nice morning moment where we like do a doggy on your side. We, you know, and then I do this thing too where I point, which is for her to roll over so that we can now like spoon. Yeah. But she doesn't like that I or direct her. She says that I'm like a little boy who just like does what I want with her body. I'm like, that's not true. (laughs) Like she say, I'll move her hand like that. I, I like that. I like I like to fall asleep touching in some way. Interesting. I I knew a couple that was like that. They would fall asleep holding hands, but they both slept on their backs, and it it very much invoked for me a couple that had been buried together. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's crazy. I can't, holding hands. Yeah, yeah. I feel you on that though. Like sometimes when even when I roll over, I'll keep like part of the hand on her. I like part like, of my butt touching like your leg or something. Right, right, like right. I will sleep on my side. My butt is like, I just like to know that you're there. I like to feel your presence. Mm. Nice. Yes. Um, I want as much separation as possible. That doesn't surprise me <laughs> at all. I want far corners of the bed. Uh, see you when I see you. How you big know? is your bed? We've got a good, a, a king. Okay. I, I think it's a king. You guys have a king too. Yeah. King. Yeah. Um, I lived briefly with my my ex was long distance and so he came to new york for a long time long period of time to see if he like liked living here and um i have a queen bed and that was not ideal for not us enough. you get to an age where you you've got to have a king i hate to say it i hate to sound snobby but it's just the difference in sleep is so massive noticeable mm-hmm. i need like total silence no movement no light if i hear you breathe it'll wake me up so uh, i do you're right you just get to an age you're like i just yeah. want to be comfortable i've been you doing should, this enough you should get a, a ambient noise machine i don't like um those sounds but it but there's one that i do like and i've recommended it on the podcast before okay. and so many people what's the machine called i think it's we, called the doma sleep machine doma sleep machine everybody yeah and and again i hate to give free ads and frankly that this fucking company should sponsor us because so many people have purchased that sleep I feel machine. Like that about stuff that I recommend all the as time. As a result of us talking about it, but uh, that is the one, and we travel with it now. We, How big is it? Tiny. Why don't you just get an app? Because the sounds that come out of your phone. Mm-hmm. We tried that, okay, and we could never settle between airplane cabin, fan, 
and like uh, ocean <laughs> ocean tide coming in. Do you think that your relationship is doomed if you have different um, like ways that you like to sleep? Like, can you never live together? Figure it out. Yeah. Would you mean as far as like the environment? That's like if the person that I was dating was like, I have to have white noise all night, every night, I would be like, we have to have separate bedrooms. Wow. I will never be on board with this. I feel it like in my stomach. I hate it. That's crazy. Interesting. No, I, I hear you. I think that I would be willing to attempt to like make concessions and, you know, you can develop a new habit. Mm-hmm. It's doable. If, if I had uh, if, if the biggest, the one that would be irreconcilable would be a temperature difference for me. Uh-huh. If she needed to be warm and liked the heat on to 70 degrees, I would not be able to do that. Yeah. We're going through that and in this weird way that you would never expect. So my, I'm near the window and there's a draft and she just doesn't feel the draft. Mm-hmm. So she'll be hot when I'm not and like vice versa. And it's, it's like a balancing act. Mm. Yeah. And you, you guys s- have less bedrooms than Francis does. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's true we, we we now she'll sleep under the duvet under the comforter and then if it's warmer i will take a, just a very thin blanket and use that and i'll tell you something having separate blankets mm-hmm. ch- is a, a game changer separate blankets is smart i never thought about because that. because then when she rolls over i don't feel the pull of the oh, blanket yeah. across my skin more people real. should do this yeah Blankets Women is great. love blankets, dude. Because you can stay in the same bed, really but you're not, you, you sort of have your own covering. You have your own cell mm-hmm. a little bit. I love this idea. I think more people should do it. I don't That's do top sheet. I just do the comforter. Mm. Um, but I, I'm down with it. I'm down with the two blankets. Mm. And then in the morning, we can just lift it up and we can come together. There you go. Yeah. That's it. Sounds like a difficult thing to execute, to be honest. Julio. <laughs> I'm just saying, but dude, the women will like be under the blanket and then like you'll you'll recover you have to like recover them as if you're like rescuing them from a cave mm-hmm. and they will be like drenched like their hair is stuck to their face in sweat and like they're <laughs> fine with it because they need the covers over like without huh. is that not something you've well, encountered I, i've never really uh, you know <laughs> unearthed sierra <laughs> to find that she was like having fever dreams <laughs> but felt okay with it because she was safe from the weight of the comforter no i'm not saying it was judgment i'm just like amazed at the commitment to the comforter when like i when i'm hot will just sleep without the comforter and it's completely fine i like the weight of something on my body even if it's Mm -hmm. like the sheet it's just like my it tells my body it's time to like go to sleep um you You like the weight of something on your body not not based on that procedure (laughs) he's done it he's done it he's done it oh yeah oh yeah sometimes you want a little less weight yeah Yeah. sometimes you just want a little less weight all right i think that's a great place to uh to bring us home yeah Raina greenberg my god what a gift thank you for joining us you can find her of course at girls gotta eat that's her podcast here comes kojai knows that it's over anything else that you'd like to tell our uh, our fans? No, that's it. I just I feel very honored to be uh, the the newest guest. I love you guys. You're such a big part of Girls Got to Eat. People can listen to both of you on our show. Mm-hmm. Um, Francis has been at our live shows performing. Hopefully, we'll get Julio also. And um, that's it. Girls Got to Eat podcast and Raina Doc Greenberg on Instagram. Hell yeah! And awesome. uh, really quick, I've got live shows April eighth and 9th, Gotham Comedy Club. Uh, still some tickets left, but they're going. FrancisEllis.com. G. Um, yeah, I'm going to be in Seattle this summer. I'm doing, uh, I have a, some cool shows coming up at the end of April in LA. 
I'm looking forward to announcing soon and uh, I'll keep you guys posted. Great. Thank you guys so much and we'll see you soon.